What's up, everybody? Happy post-Christmas. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. This is the CBS Sports NFL Daily Podcast. Every single day of the week, of the year, forever, until we all die and fall into a, a hole somewhere. But, oh, oh, my God, I messed up the intro. <laughs> this is actually the Brady Quinn Football Show! Yeah! Happy belated Merry Christmas. Yeah. Is, that how you, is that what you say? How do you say that? I'm not well, really sure if that works. we try to transcend time and space on this podcast, Brady. Um, by, and I messed up because I'm used to doing, I'm used to recording this on Monday night for Tuesday and it's the Brady Quinn football show. So my bad on that. We're not going to start over. We don't, we don't, we do one take here one and, take. Th- and that's it. Um, one bite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think it's reasonable to expect that we wouldn't record this podcast on Christmas for the day after Christmas. I mean, that would be insane. We have, families and lives but i will point out that you and i are talking at 8 45 p.m on christmas eve you have left your your wife and and two daughters right you have two daughters right yes correct as well as my in-laws are here oh cool um do you like do you like your in-laws do your in-laws like you i do yeah they're great awesome people they've they've been so much fun to hang out with and and then they help out with the kids which is huge where is your where's your wife from boston winchester in particular interesting so are they anti? Like, I mean, I guess Boston's not anti Notre Dame. Is she Catholic too? Oh no, it's a huge, typically huge Notre Dame fan. Uh, I mean, because of the Catholic, BC, Catholic yeah, 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 they, yeah, you know, kind of the Catholic following. BC is a big rival, obviously. So you got some people who sway that way. But uh, to be honest, this is going to sound so like elitist or <laughs> egotistical. Like most people who go to BC, that wasn't their first option. No, they, like, they I, like, didn't I mean, get into Notre honest. Dame. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, get exactly. Into, yeah. It's, it's like, like you hear that all the time about some other schools. Like that's how it works out for most people to go to BC. Right. Yeah. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with. It. I mean, like th- that's why I always think it's funny when people were like, when Tom O'Brien was coaching at Boston College, you're like, Tom O'Brien is an offensive line guru. It's like, no, he's not. There's just a bunch of thick-ass white dudes who are Catholics who didn't get into Notre Dame who have to go to Boston College, and so they're blocking for him and his quarterbacks. And so people are like, oh, man, Tom Tom O'Brien really knows how to recruit offensive linemen. No, he just he gets Notre Dame's leftovers, right? Yeah, sort of. I mean, you, you got to see that with Stanford a little bit, too. Yeah. Um, even, though, even though David Shaw's done a much better job recruiting and really Harbaugh when he was there, I uh, kind of – Kind of, kind of changed the culture, but yeah, we got a lot of that too, where you kind of are battling for like these higher academia uh, offensive linemen, and I think that's where like Stanford's at the sweet spot, where now all of a sudden they're producing like great O linemen slash tight end slash interior defensive linemen, maybe depending on what you what you consider Solomon Thomas, but um, <laughs> yeah, like 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 they kind of found their bread and butter, like that's really what you look for when you look at BC. Although they've had a running back and a cornerback, a couple guys here and there. AJ Dillon's a good good player. Yeah, he's here coming. Right. Um, right. And then Isaac is it Yadam? Uh, it's cornerback uh, yeah. for the Broncos. Yeah. Too, so. What yeah. um all right, so what is your bowl schedule looking like? Because oh. speaking of in-laws, I told my my stepfather-in-law Carrie, who's an interested party in um you know the the outcome, the you know the the final score of particular college football games. I told him <laughs> I would get your scouting report for your bowl games and pass it along. Okay, so I, I only get to call one mm. um, this week. I'm doubling up though, mm. so I actually call the Seattle Seahawks versus Arizona, which zero playoff implications on the line. Seattle's locked in; they're a wild card spot. Um, I believe they're locked into the five seed. No, so they, they they can actually fall. They could draw to the six seed. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But that's not going to happen. They play the Cardinals at home. Now, 
they could lose that game because, look, either way they're going to play a wild card game, so they'll probably rest their starters. But Arizona's really bad. They're like, the, the worst they team They have struggled so much this year um, with injury, their offensive line. I mean, Josh Rose has been thrusted into a situation that's probably the worst of, of, of most um, rookie quarterbacks. So, yeah, it's a, and it's a tough place to play. So that, uh, that, that will be a competitive matchup, even if the starters don't play for Seattle. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, they're in the playoffs, though, bottom line, and they're going to be playing the wild card round. And then the next day, so I call that game at 1.25 p.m. Pacific time, 4.25 p.m. Eastern. And then I fly to Santa Clara, mm. via, or San Francisco, and I, call, and I call the Red Box Bowl, which is the old San Francisco Bowl, Ember Bowl, Foster Farms Bowl. Um, it's been a, a few different names. Not just a tape um, savant. You're, you're, you're a historian of bowl names. Right, right. Well, <laughs> you'd like to know the history of it. And, sure. and obviously when it's a changing sponsor each year, you've got to keep tabs with that too. Um, but incredibly excited about that because it's a great matchup. i got Michigan State taking on Oregon. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, so Justin Herbert, quarterback for Oregon. He's potentially one of the top quarterbacks to be taken next year's draft. Been breaking him down. Uh, been watching some Michigan State. Very sound, fundamental team and defense. They've got some guys who great college football players. Um, they probably will have an opportunity to play on Sundays. Uh, but either way, it should be a great matchup. But I've got to call that game. It's at three thirty, I think, Eastern, mm. and obviously twelve o'clock local. So I literally will be flying to San Francisco, have twelve hours before I'll be calling another game. Jeez, wait, wait. So you're gonna leave? Seattle, get on an airplane, and you have 12 hours after you land before you call another football game. Is that um, is that hard? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's not easy. It's it's a big transition going from NFL to college. I mean, for starters, there's some subtle rule changes. Uh, those are things you got to be on on point with, and it's not just you know the the two minute warning and or the like, tackle time box there. Or, yeah, yeah, right. I mean, there's just there's subtle changes to the rules that you've got to be aware of. Like for example, on a punt. Right, so if the ball bounces, and for example, in the NFL, uh, the ball—it doesn't matter if the ball breaks the plane. As, lo- as long as the player doesn't step on the line, he can jump and hit that ball and bat it back in bounds. Yes. Um, in the NFL, in college, it's different. Once uh-huh. once it breaks the plane, it's it's a touchback. So, like little subtleties like that, you know, pass interference, for example, you don't get the yardage advantage. An eligible receiver downfield, or excuse me, an eligible player downfield. Three yards in college, one yard in the NFL. So there's, there's all sorts of little nuances like that that you've got to be aware of. And then the roster size in college. It's huge. There's duplicate numbers. So all that is uh, just incredibly difficult to deal with. I mean, look, I'll be honest. You know, I, I watch you. I mean, I listen to you call games. Not like I don't seek them out. But, you know, if, if I'm flipping, if I'm deciding between a game, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll go with the Brady Quinn game because we're friends. We podcast once a week. You're good at what you do, and it's very impressive that you do uh, the NFL to the college game. So, so t- uh, hat off to you. Well, I appreciate that. You Thank didn't, you. you didn't answer my question. Who, who's going to win Michigan? Because I think uh, Mike. Martin- I, I, I can't pick, man. That's the thing is, I, I even when I do like my work for CBS Sports HQ with Pete Prisco, we we do our weekly picks usually 7 p.m. Eastern on the HQ. We're not doing it tomorrow. It's usually Tuesdays. We're doing it Wednesday this week. But we do our picks, and, today, and today, I will not be picking is, this week. Today is actually Wednesday. Right, right, for the purposes <laughs> of this. Yeah. So I'll be doing it later on today. Yeah, but you will not pick. You're, you're, I, you're, I, I you're, do you're, not want to do that because here's the issue. People, like, if, if you pick a team before the game, and I haven't even met with the teams yet, yeah. typically 
typically like someone will hear about it and make the team aware of it or the PR people will and mm. it's just it, it doesn't make sense and you don't want to come off as biased you really just want to call the game and you hope for it being a close game between both teams so I, I don't like picking some guys do some guys don't mind it uh, I, I you know that's not really what I get paid to do I, I get paid to analyze it so I'll talk about the matchup and maybe from that you can infer what you will but I don't like picking games that I have to call well that's fine but uh, what how would I infer who's gonna who's gonna cover this game? Is what I'm asking you. Um, I, you know, honestly, <laughs> I, I here's here's what I do. I swear to you, I don't look at the line. I believe you. I I, I want to be as unbiased as possible, so I don't even want to go into a game looking at and thinking. Well, some people out there think this team is the favorite, and why? I like watching as much film as possible, and then from watching that film. I'll deduct like my reasoning for what I think is going to happen and 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 wh- how I feel like this game is going to go, and and usually I've been pretty spot on. So that's why I, I kind of hate talking about lines and all that. One because we're not to a point where like everyone's comfortable with it. TV networks are not comfortable with it yet. No, of course. Uh, NFL's not. College football's definitely not. So because of that, like I try not to look at it just so I can try to be as unbiased as possible. And then through the broadcast. You know, you're, I'm just calling the game as I see it, and then hopefully people enjoy it, and hopefully they don't look at it as me being slanted one way or another. All right, you've done a really good job of dancing around this question. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let it ride out. That's fine. You don't have to. You don't have to answer it. Do you want to know what the line is? I can tell you what it is. Uh, I mean, if you want to say it, you can. That's fine. Uh, well, Oregon's favored, which is not surprising. Okay. Yeah, but look, I would got... think they're favored by just a, just a little bit, like Justin... three points. Yeah, two and a half points. You got it. Okay, yeah. there you go. Justin so... Herbert's definitely playing, right? Yes, he is. Um, he's decided to play. Um, we've already talked with Mario Cristobal, their head coach. So he's deciding to play. And kind of an interesting decision after this game because he is draft eligible. He could leave if he wants to. I think there's going to be a lot of competition uh, because I don't know that one quarterback has separated themselves from the rest, especially of, of those that are draft eligible um, seniors. And then there's still some that haven't declared. Like if Dwayne Haskins decides to leave Ohio State, He'll probably be the top quarterback out of this year's class in my book, from what I've seen. Now, Grant, I have to do a ton more work to do as we get ready to go into the combine. Um, but from from what I've seen from Herbert so far, breaking him down, Haskins this year, some of the other quarterbacks, Clayton Thorson for Northwestern, I saw him a number of times. Um, I would say Haskins is the most talented, and he's probably the one that, if you're a quarterback needy team in the top ten or in the first round, that's who you're trying to go up and get. Okay. Uh, that's, that, that's interesting. And you, you've been saying that for a while now, actually. Mark D'Antonio, by the way, six and four against the spread as a, uh, as a head coach in bowl games. Urban Meyer, nine and three. Doc Holliday, yeah. now six and oh. Woo. Davo Sweeney, eight and four. You know who else is up there? Dave Cutcliffe. He's a dog. I, I like bowl season. It's fun. Dave Doran, four and one against the spread. I'm sure you care about Where's that. Where's Brian Kelly at? Just curious. Uh, Brian Kelly. I'm looking on the Action Network and getting, oh no. Oh no, Brian Kelly is three and seven against the spread. Ooh, but that's, that, not, that, but that's, that's a, not good. There's a big line on that semifinal game. So, what do you think? Okay, I mean, do, do, I, you know what? It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. So let's. This is going to happen between the next time we talk, right? So, yeah, so, yeah. so, so, like, I'm curious. What do you think is going to happen in Notre Dame Clemson? Clemson, by the way, had um, three players suspended for this random drug that Dabo Sweeney said can be found in like hair product. Which, okay, sure, Dabo. Um, uh, Osterine or whatever. Osterine, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, he's like, it yeah. can be found in diet soda or hair product or cream. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. A lot of people test positive for it. It already sounds like a kind of built-in excuse. Uh, sure th- does. Here's the thing. 
they're going to have the chance to look at the B sample and test that. If that tests positive for it as well, clearly it was in their system. It wasn't some sort of um, you know error on the part of it. There's already attorneys getting involved. Mm. So we'll see how this plays out. Bottom line, it, it, it appears as if they were obviously trying to take something illegal. Sure. Uh, the important thing is just it, that's going to impact the game. These guys would be suspended for a year. So 365 days from the time Whoa. in which this happened. Really? And, yeah, they would lose that this year, a year of eligibility, 365 days. Unless Dexter so, Lawrence is gone then. Yeah, I was going to say, you might as well say peace out now if yeah. that ends up happening, which, I mean, I think everyone kind of assumed that that was going to be the case as sure. it was. But um, So here's how I see it going. Bottom line for Notre Dame, if they can't stop ETN and the rushing attack for Clemson, it's going to be a long night. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone wants to talk about you know, Clemson's defensive front, but I actually think Notre Dame's faced some pretty solid talent this year in regards to you know, Michigan, for example, has a very talented defensive front, one of the best defenses in college football. So I think their offensive line's been tested. I think they'll be prepared and ready for this. Um, and, and Ian Book does a good job of moving around, uh, creating space within the pocket, and then creating plays outside the pocket. So he, I think he can handle some of that pressure they'll bring. But like I said, on the flip side, it, it all comes down to if they can stop the rushing attack. If they can't, uh, it, it's going to be Notre Dame trying to play catch up the whole game. That, that, that's a tough game to play with the type of speed that Clemson has. I'll finish by saying this. Notre Dame has been underestimated the entire year. They're 12-0 and right now. You look at the common opponents, I thought you know it, it's kind of even when you look at the way Notre Dame beat Syracuse uh, compared to the way Clemson struggled with Syracuse, and then there's you know Pitt and, and how you know, that kind of factors in. So uh, there, there's, there's a number of ways you can kind of look at these two teams and how they square up. Uh, the bottom line is <clears throat> you've got a freshman quarterback for Clemson that I, if, if I'm Clark Lee, the defensive coordinator for Notre Dame, I try to stop the run. I'm loading up the box, and I'm saying, let's see if this true, you know, true freshman can beat me. Sure. Let's see if he can, can you know, put this team on his shoulders and beat us, and I'm going to trust my offense to do enough between Dexter Williams running the football uh, and Ian Book making some plays. And, and let, let's see how this thing goes. But I think it'll be a close game, much closer than anyone's anticipating. It's 12-and-a-half is the spread. Do you like Clemson yeah. and Notre Dame? No, I, I, I like Notre Dame in that regard. Okay. Um, just, just for the – I mean, and I'm not comparing Notre Dame to NC State here, but I, I, uh, Dave Doran and Dave Huxtable came up with the exact same game plan you're talking about against Trevor Lawrence and said, all right, we are putting eight dudes in the box – and we are gonna, we're stopping ETN and we're gonna make you little long haired boy beat us. And he carved, I mean, I, he carved him up. Now, they weren't like, they also, they also couldn't get much pressure. Yeah, they I mean, couldn't, they, they couldn't get any pressure. They were playing off man and, 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 yeah. and, and, and he was just hitting the easy out. So that, right. I would expect that would be different. But I mean, look, Julian loves an all American. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're good. He, he's a stud. He's gonna go shut up to shut down one side. Um, you've got you know Jerry Tillery inside, Dalen Hayes, as well as uh, Julian Aquara. Those guys can get after it. Like they've got a better. I, I think if you're going to look at one one of the most underrated position groups of any team in the country, it is the D line for Notre Dame. Like people don't realize how much bigger and athletic they are compared to like what you know where where this team's been in the past. Like they got some different dudes now. It, it's a different deal. You know, Coney too at the linebacker position, the way he flies around and plays, they can match up. So. I can't wait to watch. Um, I, I think you know the way Brian Kelly has kind of reinvented himself, the way he brought in Chip Long a couple of years ago, and then elevated Clark Lee to keep the continuity on the defense, and how that's um, you know really took his hands off the program and just said you know look I'm going to hire good people, I'm going to manage them, trust them, manage this team, the temperature of the team, and, and see if that can, I can reinvent myself as a head coach. He's done that and he's been he's been successful doing it. Brian Kelly is a good example of why 
people need to be more patient. I mean, like the guy went to the national championship game, and then it's like, well, we got to fire him. You know, can't can't win it. It's like just settle down, okay? And he's he's, well, got, he's got Notre Dame rolling again. Let's be honest, too. You know, the type of kid that wants to go to South Bend, Indiana, and go try to you know take on the, the tough academic or rigorous academic schedule like Notre Dame, and, and have to have the highest test scores and all that. It's a <laughs> unique person. Sure. Like, like it's a it's a unique character of person that's going to do that, and so you're not recruiting the same athlete all the time. There, there's some exceptions. But you're not recruiting the same type of student, the same type of athlete. Um, so it's different in that regard. And, and you're talking about teams like more Northwestern, Stanford, et cetera, um, who are kind of upper in that echelon of you know, Duke as well. I think you mentioned um, er- earlier and Vanderbilt. Like those schools have to kind of go about it differently than everyone else. Sure. And, East Carolina, um, uh, NC State, you know, schools yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah p- probably not quite the same. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but the whole point is, um, I, you know, They've been able to, I think, overcome that in some ways, and, and they've been able to be effective. And by the way, like the last school like that to be playing for a national championship's been Notre Dame. Like, yeah. you'd be hard pressed to find a team uh, since 2012 that played the national championship, and then since then has been playing in New Year's Six and all that more consistently than Notre Dame of that group of schools that I just mentioned. So I'm not really sure where the criticism kind of comes from. I think a lot of people don't realize how hard it is uh, to get the type of athlete combined with the type of student. That's going to be able to succeed in Notre Dame. And I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, like it's you know, it, 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 that's why Notre Dame doesn't want to be in the ACC in football because it's like, look, if we run our if we run the table, we're in the national championship. We don't have to play in an ACC championship. We get to build our own schedule. We have our own NBC deal. Go away, John Swafford. Um, well, what, what, what a lot of people don't realize is not only they're getting money from NBC, they're getting money from the ACC as well. Yeah. So, so yeah. like people who don't understand the economics to it is why would you want to join a conference until you absolutely have to, right? right? Especially if you're being able to double dip like that. And on top of it, you know, I, I, I kind of said this uh, in talking to, I forget who was doing an interview on this, but, you know, at Notre Dame, like, you play for a national championship every year. Yeah. Like, that, that's, that's your goal. That, like, that's what you're accustomed to. That's what you're kind of brainwashed to, to think. Every single time you step on the field, that's what you're playing for. And it's, it's different. Like, other teams talk about trying to win the division, trying to win their conference. You don't have that Notre Dame. So you just you try to do everything you can to go undefeated, or, or maybe if you lose one game because of your strength of schedule, you have a shot at still playing for a national championship. Are, are you going to go to – did it already happen? Did you go to the Garth That's Brooks? That's the 29th. The Garth Brooks concert? Oh, the Garth Brooks. Yeah, that happened way earlier. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Are, are you, yeah, they, are you, they aired it like a month later. Uh, uh, it was yeah, weird. Two, two legendary relics from the 1990s getting together for uh, – Yeah. Uh, did, yeah. Did, you know what's are, weird? What? Garth Brooks – Underrated porn name, though. Slight <laughs> tweak, Girth Brooks. Just throwing that out there. Man, you're, uh, that's a, that is a good one. Is there an actual porn star named Girth, Girth Brooks? I, I don't know. I'm too scared to look because uh, my, my two-and-a-half-year-old always starts to like pound away on my computer. I'm scared that it's going to pop up. Accidentally. And, and who find, knows what she's going to see. Find there. Girth Brooks. Uh, yeah. Are you going to the Notre Dame game? I cannot because I've got – an NFL game on the 30th and then 30, uh, 31st oh, right. at that bowl game. That's yeah, right. so it would be, you know, you're talking about how hard it is to call two completely different games two days or a day apart, really. Yeah. And, uh, and yet you want me to go to the semifinal game as well. I, I do. That I, the, I, I want yeah. you to. I think you should grow up and go to that semifinal game. All right, we're going <laughs> we're gonna to grow up and take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. We're going to give out presents to every single potential playoff team in the NFL playoffs. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, 
The designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. All right. Let's hand out some presents. Christmas has come and gone. The Raiders and the Broncos played a game of football that some people watched and some people didn't. We're not going to talk about them. We're going to talk about playoff teams, Brady. And um, by the way, you can watch Brady on today. If you're listening on uh, on Wednesday, you can watch him yep. uh, on CBS Sports HQ. HQ. God, uh, me and Pre Prisco, 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll be doing our weekly previews. It's the last one of the year, so... Um, you know, thanks to our, our great friends at Buffalo Wild Wings for sponsoring it all year long. They're our, our good partners. Obviously, a great place too, by the way. Yeah. If you're out looking for grabbing some wings, grabbing some beer, looking for some football, there's no bit, no place better than Buffalo Wild Wings. But uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, you'll see us on the HQ. Uh, Pete Prisco and I going back and forth talking about all things Week 17. You're protecting the quarterbacks, Brady. Uh, uh, the, the quarterback scale. Yeah. You know, he brings that the back-to-back road games. The you can find a running back anywhere. You can pull him off the Christmas tree. They're everywhere. He has Pete does have some um some old chestnuts he likes to trot out too. He's oh like, man, let me tell you. And he's got burnt. Like, you know, when we do our picks, I keep track. He's been awful. Like for yeah, people listening, he's terrible. don't listen to Pete Prisco when he does his picks because he has <laughs> the same curmudgeon-y kind of way of going about doing things. And it's not working. Like he doesn't believe in a guy like Lamar Jackson is gonna be able to survive. He's like, ah, I'm old. I've seen so much football. They're and then gonna, you're like, he's 5-1 as a starter, bro. Like, maybe they, maybe they can ride this to a Super Bowl, and you're going to be wrong. And that's the one thing Pete will never admit. He'll never admit he's wrong. You're entitled to your wrong opinion. Um, that's we, we back in the day, I've been saying this for years. I want a Pete Prisco, like, you know, the dolls where you pull the string and they say words. I want yeah. one that's like a very tan, tiny doll where you pull it. And it's like, I give him up for a ham sandwich. It's like, it's like, you're entitled to your wrong opinion. This, anyway, uh, those are the Prisco systems. Let's hand out some presents. We're going to start in the AFC. We're going to try to do these quickly so you and I can go uh, hang out with our in-laws on This is Christmas Eve as we're recording. The Kansas City Chiefs, if you had to give, what was the, what did the Kansas City, or this is basically what would their ideal Christmas present be? What would the best possible Christmas present be for the Kansas City Chiefs, the current one seed in the AFC? Uh, a bunch of uh, ketchup for Patrick Mahomes so he oh, can stay hot. What, oh, I mean, my God. He's basically wait, wait, wait. This, you, this year. Do you know what happened to me? Do you know what happened to me? Did you just get a huge shipment of Hunt's ketchup? Yes, I got five cases of Hunt's ketchup at my house. What the hell am I supposed to do with this? Why? I, Hunt's was like, hey, I know you're thrashing ketchup. Uh, we'd like to send some. T- or I said something like on Twitter. They were like, We'll send you some ketchup. I was like, I'll give it away to an elementary school. They're like, all right, we'll send you some ketchup. And, uh, and uh, like seven boxes of ketchup showed up at my house on Christmas Eve. My wife is irate. My mother-in-law thinks I'm a total weirdo. Uh, and I've just got a, a thing full of ketchup. So i got to find a school or a church or a shelter to give it to. Yeah, I would say a shelter first. I mean, I'm not sure a school is going to eat that yeah. much ketchup nor want that much ketchup. Also, that sounds can, like a disaster. Also, can like a random citizen show up and like donate ketchup to a school? That feels that feels like something that's not kind of creepy. Yeah, yeah so, like if you showed up and you're I like, got, hey, I've got all this ketchup. I got all this ketchup, like, kids. You get the f out of here, sir. You get the f out of here. 
Stay away from our kids, <laughs> Yeah, what's your name? Uh, no, no, we're not going to put you on this list. Don't worry about it. Uh, Mr. Gir- Girth Brooks. <laughs> yeah, Girth Brooks here with your ketchup, your Hunt's ketchup. Um, no, I, th- I think that, uh, that that's a good Christmas present. Five cases of ketchup for the Chiefs, or maybe a uh, a defense would be good. A defense would be good. No, I just keep Patrick Mahomes happy with all the ketchup and some mac and cheese and stuff. He'll be good. Uh, their defense is bad. It looked bad against Seattle, and I think that Kansas City is going to get a – I think that they're – they have to be at home. Patrick Mahomes does not look good on the road in these primetime games early on. And if they go on the road at any point, if they slip up against the Raiders in Week 17 for whatever reason, and they have to go on the road, they're going to be in trouble. And I just don't think they can stop anybody, and I can't buy into the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl unless they can get a defense magically shipped to them for Christmas. Uh, what about the Patriots? What would you give the Patriots for Christmas? You know what they need? They need some uh, some some nice dessert. That's not going to create any more inflammation because this team feels kind of <laughs> banged up, like they're kind of limping into the playoffs a little bit. I know they beat Buffalo last week, but, I mean, they, they should beat Buffalo. Uh, so maybe some avocado ice cream. You know, I, I know that's a little healthier on the dessert side and all that. Tom Brady's really big into it. But this is a team that I'm, I'm, I'm happy they're, they're getting a bye because they could probably use it. If history tells us anything, they're more successful when they have that bye. Uh, but some nice avocado ice cream this time of year would be a, a nice little dessert over their bye week. They can watch it, get some rest, recover, and uh, not have to deal with any additional inflammation. That's a great present. I was going to say the uh, the first-round bye is what they need. They get it if they beat the Jets. I don't think this team can go anywhere without the bye. I think they'll beat the Jets because – Rookie first year quarterbacks are because Carson Palmer wasn't a rookie, but first year first first year starting quarterbacks are zero and twelve against Bill Belichick in Foxborough. Thanks to Josh Allen losing on Sunday, I think they will beat the Jets. They will get the uh, the, the first round bye, but I don't think this is a Super Bowl team. Uh, the current number three seed, the Houston Texans. What would you give them for Christmas? You know, uh, it's funny right now. There's a lot of stuff going on in the political world. Oh, you know, there's all this oh, talk boy. about a wall. Oh, boy. I would get them. I would build them a wall for their offensive line. Cause <laughs> those guys cannot protect Deshaun Watson. It is scary how much he gets pressured and at the same time how amazing he is at eluding a rush and making a play. Twice, twice at the end of the game last week, did he avoid a rush and figure a way of completing balls on third and 11? I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Third and 10-plus, I don't know if there's another quarterback I feel more confident in being able to convert or make something happen positive out of it. Uh, but they need a wall. They need to, to build a wall. It's going to be a great wall. It needs to be a, it needs to be a great wall. A tremendous wall. Uh, a glorious wall. A tremendous wall uh, to help protect Deshaun Watson. <laughs> this is the best bit of the season. Uh, I'm with you. I'll tell you what I would give them. I'll give them a Ravens-Chargers matchup in the first round of the wild card because those are the two teams with their pass rush that will create problems for them. If the Texans can manage to get the Colts, and I think they can beat the Colts, they can beat the, Chief, the Chiefs and the Patriots because there's no pass rush on those teams. Uh, you're right there. That offensive line is a problem. How about the number four seed currently, the Baltimore Ravens? What would you give them for Christmas? Oh, that's a tough one. You know, I was trying to think of some different things that we could give Baltimore. Uh, I think – if it were me, like my biggest concern right now, it is the health of Lamar Jackson and whether or not he can continue at this pace and stay healthy. So I'm actually going to take all the wrapping out of one of my daughter's gifts, all this <laughs> bubble wrap that I've got, and I'm going to put it in another box and I'm going to ship it to him. So just like the, the scene in the Little Giants where the kid comes out and all the bubble wrap, that's what I'm going to give him so he can ensure that he wraps himself up, makes sure he stays healthy 
and, and he's good to go. He's not going to be able to take any of these additional hits uh, that he doesn't need to. Uh, I was going to actually, we got a very similar presence for the Baltimore Ravens. I was going to give them some nano bubbles to hand to Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson's <laughs> nano bubbles in the event that they need Lamar Jackson to get back out there. Cause that works, right? Man, I mean, what I was, I was floored by how well this offense worked against the Chargers. I didn't think it would work. I mean, I, I know it didn't, it wasn't as good. Yeah, well, that's because you have a love affair with the Chargers. You picked them in the Super Bowl last year. That's, that is true. You picked but, them win this year again? No, I did not. I picked the Falcons oh. to win over the Chiefs. That was stupid. Okay. Um, that worked out well. But I think when you look, but Brady, when you look at this field, the, the Chiefs, Patriots, Texans, Colts, Chargers, Ravens, why can't the Ravens make a Super Bowl run with this offense? Why not? I mean, they, uh, they, this offense? You mean this defense? No, 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 no. But, but I mean, like, I know the defense is capable of doing it, but like, the, the teams left, I mean, the Colts are pretty good against the run. They already did this to the Chargers. The Texans are stout against the run. But the, if they have to, if they get in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs or the Patriots, I like the Ravens at that spot. Whoa, real quick, by the way, Monday Night Football, John, John Elway in a box in the O.co. What a dump that place is. Yeah. Uh, he's got a full suit on, and it doesn't look like there's a jacket, and he's got gloves on inside. Wait, I'm just gonna, a little bit odd. I'm like Isotoner leather gloves inside a suite. It just it, it's, it it's like weird. That is weird. It's like he has a – okay, you're, you're right. So I mean, at that point, you're a hitman, right? Like you, you he, can't, looks, he looks like he had a jacket on with the suit and the gloves, then it makes sense. But think, he's also inside. All right, let's see how good I am at tweeting. I'm going to try to take a picture of my TV while we're podcasting. Oh, my God. He looks like a hitman. You're 100% right. I mean, John the Hitman Elway? Yeah, he looks like he's, he's like, he's just going down to take, to take Vance Joseph out this evening. That's the, he's gonna whack Vance Joseph <laughs> yeah. after this game. It doesn't work out the way it's going right oh now. Oh my god, Elway looks terrifying up there. Uh, this is Monday Night Football on, on, uh, on, anyway, what were we saying? The Ravens. They can, they can okay. make a run, right? The, yeah, so, so, what I was getting back to is, the reason why I keep talking about the defense is, cause your offense doesn't have to be that dynamic. If you've got a defense that's playing like the number one defense in the NFL, and that's what they are, both in points and yards, and go back to the Denver Broncos when they won a Super Bowl at the end of Peyton Manning's career. It was not good quarterback play, uh, but they controlled the ball, they didn't turn it over, and they played great defense. That's what you're getting from the Ravens. That's why, I, to me, look, defense wins championships. They're a great example of that, and I think that's why you give them a shot. Yeah. Uh, number five seed, the Chargers. What would you hand them for Christmas? Oh, <laughs> I would go down to the old gas station and I'd find on the little, the little turnstile thing with the little uh, lucky, lucky gifts, like a little rabbit's foot. <laughs> and I, I would pass them that rabbit's foot because they seem to be a team that in previous years was snake bitten. And now everything seems like it's going well for them. They still have an outside shot of getting the number one overall seed, but they're in the playoffs and, and you just get the sense that like something's going to happen. It's not going to go well. I don't know. I mean, and, and then last week, looking at the way they lost that game, you know, a completion of Antonio Gates looks like the Chargers are going to be driving, and then all of a sudden, a guy who's been one of your more reliable players ends up fumbling and and giving away the game to the Baltimore Ravens. So, uh, I think they need like a good old lucky rabbit's foot. Yeah, I would give them a. Uh, I'll give them a. The I will give them the greatest game of Derek Carr's career. How about that? Because that's what they're <laughs> going to need um, in, in order 
to uh, in order to to get the number one seed and to avoid to get a buy and to get Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen healthy. That's what they need, and they're not going to get it. The Raiders look. The Raiders are, are currently up fourteen nothing as we're recording this on Monday Night Football. But the Chargers are a five seed currently. That's probably where they're locked in. They're going to go to Baltimore. The Chiefs are going to blast the Raiders, and I think the Chargers will beat the, the Ravens in the uh, the wild card round. We'll see. How about the six seed? Current six seed, the Indianapolis Colts. What would you give them? Wow. Uh, so you're just going to go ahead and give it to them, even though – because the, the oddity is Tennessee, who – I mean, obviously it's a playing game next week. They host the Colts. Well, no, no. We're um, going by the current – currently the Colts have the tiebreaker over the Titans. But the weird thing is, is if the Titans win and the, and the Texans lose, the Titans win the FC South. That's correct. So that, that's the oddity. So I don't know why the Colts would be ranked ahead of them, given that scenario. Anyway. Well, um, you, well, Indianapolis has the head-to-head – wait, that's not right. Yeah, they have the head-to-head on Tennessee right now. But if Tennessee beats Indianapolis, then Tennessee has the tiebreaker um, because Tennessee naturally, he said, using his words as slowly as possible to scroll through the uh, – You're making this way more complicated. Let's just no, talk no, no, about no, no, the no, no, no. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. No, no, I'll tell you why. The, oh, that, that's actually – that's a much better idea. Um, I can read the <laughs> – you may read the rule book again? I can read the rule book again. <laughs> yeah, that um, was awful. No, no, no. If the, uh, the Colts have the head-to-head right now, if the Titan, okay. if the Titans win, the head-to-head will be split one to one. But the Titans will have the better division record uh, because they beat the Colts in the division, and they will jump ahead of the Colts. Okay. Anyway, yeah. what I would give the Colts. Let me just move on. Um, this is a tough one too because the the first thing uh, I think I'd do is try to maybe give Andrew Luck a different wardrobe because I actually think they're going <laughs> to go pretty far in the playoffs, and I think he's going to need to look dapper as he continues to ball out like he has this year down the stretch. So uh, I would give him a stylist, uh, not yours, because your guy's a little bit more preppy, or whoever your stylist is. Uh, too many Sperry's, too many uh, fluorescent colors and collared shirts. Uh, but I-, I would have them work with Andrew Luck, make sure he looks good for all his post-game press conferences, because I-, I think this is a dangerous team. I don't know that anyone wants to play him right now. And I think they could go on a run, and they could win on the road at home, wherever, mm. with the way their defense has progressed and the way Andrew Luck's playing right now, combined with their own line in that running game. I will give the Indianapolis Colts um, a, a, another beefy Notre Dame offensive lineman, a Quentin, another Quentin Nelson. That's the best Christmas <laughs> present I can give. Another Quentin Nelson, a teabagged son of a gun who goes out there and literally puts his junk on some dude's face every game when he buries him into the ground. This guy is incredible to watch. He, he blocks someone, put, ends their life into the turf and then slides his junk onto their face. It's like every week. It's unbelievable. So uh, I will give them a uh, another teabag and son of a gun from Notre Dame. And it's, I, I know it's the ultimate way to basically uh, steal another man's uh, masculinity. Oh, that, it's, that's, it's, that's essentially what he's doing. It really time. is. Like you, I mean, if you're look, I mean, I again, I I never played professional football. Um, or really football at any level. But anytime you're being teabagged uh, by another man after engaging in hand-to-hand combat with him, you are inherently uh, emasculated, right? Right, yes. right. Uh, what would you give the Titans, who are not the number six? They're the number seven seed. I would, uh, I would just give them uh, – I would, I would actually – here's what I'd do. I would go down to the morgue. I would break in. Jesus. I would get a chainsaw, and then I would – literally buzz off someone's right arm <laughs> and Marcus give it to Marcus Mario. <laughs> no, because I, he's dealing with some sort of issues, man. He had a stinger supposedly this past week. He had some sort of nerve issue and, you know, 
deal with his elbow. Um, it just seems like it's been something constantly every single week this year. So I, I would just give him a new arm because I, I think if he's healthy, I give them a fighting chance, man. Like if I've learned one thing about this Titans team is you can never count them out, especially at home. They play really well. Mariota typically is a really good decision maker, and he just he, he's tough. He makes plays with his legs. You know, right now I know he's questionable to play this week. He's going to play. All right, this this you kid, think so? Really? Yeah. This, look, he's tough as nails, man. Like <clears throat> I would be shocked if he didn't. Um, and and I just I I think I give them every shot of winning this because. He does like whatever it takes to win this game, and I know their passing offense hasn't been prolific uh, by any means, and he probably hasn't grown the way he's needed to for them to feel confident in him in the long term. But the bottom line is, kid helped get him to the playoffs last year. He's probably going to help them try to make a run. I mean, this game's going to be close in my mind. Um, if they weren't playing at home, different story. But yeah, that'd be my gift. I, w- I would literally try. You know, I'd have blood all over myself and be sitting there holding this this lifeless arm and just say, okay, let's go find a surgeon to put this thing on and get you going, buddy. Wow. That, um, not, to, okay. First of all, one, that got dark, uh, two, not to be technical and like pedantic about this, but you realize that he would probably be, it would be more difficult for him to throw with a new surgically attached arm than with his original. So like, that went like bionic. Should we just go with like ooh, a mechanical arm? You ever, you ever watch like Robocop? You ever watch, uh, yeah, Robocop. Did you ever watch Archer? You, you strike me as somebody who doesn't watch cartoons, regardless. Uh, dude, of, I don't get to watch any TV right now. If I do watch a cartoon, it's whatever my daughter wants to watch. So. Oh, right, right, right. I mean, I just watched six hours of Paw Patrol on Christmas Eve just to keep my. Oh, that's actually a good show. It is a good show. Who's your favorite? Show. Who's your favorite uh, Paw Patrol member? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. Now that I think about you that. You can just say um, the color, and I can tell you who it is. <laughs> we haven't watched that one in a while, though. Uh, well, you don't. Um, how old your oldest? I think, I, I think I'm missing out Paw Patrol with Puppy Dog Pals. Oh yeah, that your and your daughter pup, like pup, yeah. pup, puppy dog. Oh, don't don't pal. you're gonna kill yeah. Okay. Pup 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 a puppy dog. Yeah, no no no, it's brutal. It's just gonna get stuck <laughs> in my head. Um, how would your daughter? How old's your oldest daughter? She's almost two and a half. Oh yeah yeah, you're not watching Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol is like four, like three to four to five, and and well, uh, I might watch it. My daughter's not. It's it's, it's it is entertaining. I mean, sometimes they do. Yeah. I want to know who funds the Paw Patrol, like. Is, is it taxpayer money? Uh, is there some <laughs> some rich like benefactor who just feeds the Paw Patrol guy? I mean, like, how, hmm. how is this where, where can I send this check? We're going to send this money to. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? I need to make sure the Paw Patrol saves. I the, love uh... dogs. Why don't I send it to this this cartoon commercial <laughs> or this cartoon show about dogs? Brady and I aren't drinking wine while we record this podcast, as far as you know. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers is the obvious present, uh, big, a Baker Mayfield game. That uh, I mean, right? Isn't that, isn't that the obvious present? Yeah, I think you can go with that. Um, man, I'm, I'm trying to think what I would want to give them. Ooh, you know and what you could, you know what you could give them? What's that? You could give them a uh, a 1988 DeLorean. And they can hop in it, and they can go back in time, and they can not lose to the Raiders in Oakland. How about that? Oh man, yeah, that you know, but that's in the story of this team this year, right? Yeah. Like they are the most talented, inconsistent team. And I look at this past week's game versus the New Orleans Saints. You know, the Saints do really well, and probably better than anyone in the past two years. They execute, and typically they're the better team in all three phases because their execution. The Pittsburgh Steelers are like the opposite of that. Like they are the mo- one of the most talented teams, yet they never are clicking in all three phases and executing at a really high level. Like they're 27th, I think I saw in the league, as far as penalties per game. Like they're incredibly indisciplined, undisciplined. Um, they've, they've usually got like someone's banged up or someone's missing or 
you know, Le'Veon Bell, the way that situation worked out. Like, there's just always something with that team. And it's, it's sad because I, I think, you know, as, as successful as Mike Tomlin's been, he's never been below 500. He's only had three seasons where he hasn't made the playoffs. Um, you know, he resorts to a fake punt. Uh, given the scenario that they were in versus uh, New Orleans last week on the road, that's where he resorts to, to try to create a spark for his team. And uh, it obviously didn't work out. And so it's just it's crazy to think that they're in this position right now, given where they were at one point in the season after ripping off a string of wins. But now looking Six back at that. Six straight wins. Yeah, but now looking back at that, look at who they beat, dude. Like, they beat Baltimore. That's the only decent team out of that group. The rest of them have all losing records. Yeah. Um, is it? Yeah, you know, I've noticed this a couple times in the last few weeks, but I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Um, the first one came in the Arizona State Bowl game, and Herm Edwards would not go for it on on uh, on fourth down and one at midfield. His team down three, decided to punt, and it just sucked the life out of his players. But you know, Mike Tomlin goes out there and he has a, a Hall of Fame quarterback, regardless of what Cam Jordan wants to say. Yeah, and he has Antonio Brown, he has Juju Smith-Schuster, he has Vance McDonald, he has Jalen Samuels, who's a good pass catching back, and he goes out there and runs a fake punt instead of just letting Ben throw it. And Ben right. was Ben was locked in as a quarterback. What I mean, I know you're on the yeah, same page you, as your coach, but doesn't that you're sort questioning of, the call? Right? You know, in, in this instance, you're questioning the call because the second you walk off the field, you're probably not aware if they're going to go to a fake. Like you're not getting that information. Mm. So you might be coming off the field thinking, you know, maybe they've told you it coming off the field or maybe someone's made you aware because if you do get it, you're going right back out there. But you don't know that you're going to get the right look. <clears throat> so that's the difference where I, I think they felt like they got a certain look where they could run the fake and it would be successful. It was close. They didn't quite get it. But, you, you know, also what you have to take into account is Mike Tomlin knew and, and thought in the back of his head two things. Either I'm going to get it or I'm not. And, and, and when he talked about it in the press game conference – you know, he said, look, you know, I understood. I was trying to create a spark, um, you know, the way their offense was playing, the way they were moving. <clears throat> but I still trusted my defense. And he goes, and I also thought we'd get a chance uh, to get the ball back. And they did. So if you actually think about how that play went, mm. <clears throat> it didn't work the way he thought it would. <laughs> but it, he definitely foresaw all the events taking place like that. Because as a play caller, as a head coach, you look at it and you say, we're either going to get it or we're not. And then, and then and how do I evaluate the game based on that? So he knew that they would be in a position to have the football at the end of the game and a shot to tie it and send it overtime or win it. What he didn't foresee happening is Juju Smith-Schuster fumbling. And it wasn't about that just one play. There was <clears throat> some terrible calls made on, what, pass interference and defensive Hor- holding in the yeah, game. Horrible referee. Um, horrible t- terrible officiated game. But, you know, that, that's, both teams are facing that, and that happens sometimes. Uh, it wasn't about just one play. But – I'm with you. Like, if you were going to decide to go for it, you probably have a higher percentage chance of getting it with Ben Roethlisberger as opposed to a fake punt. All right. Uh, actually, this moves me, segues me perfectly to the NFC, where we're going to give away a. Uh, we're going to give away. I'm going to give my first present um, to the New Orleans Saints, and that's the number one seed. They've clinched home field advantage, and that present is going to be uh, the disappearance of Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is going to go away for the next few weeks, and he's not going to come on the field and throw a 40-yard interception when Drew Brees could be throwing the stinking ball instead. I, I, I get that like Tomlin's killed for taking Ben off the field and doing the fake punt, and rightfully so. But, Sean, if, if the Saints lose that game, we're going back and looking at that move where, you know, the, Sean Payton lets Taysom Hill chunk the ball 40 yards down the field in the opening minutes, and it results in a pick. I mean, stop forcing Taysom Hill on the field, please. 
Yeah, and I think the other thing is when you bring him on the field, you're bringing him in because you feel like you can essentially run the football with him, much like the Ravens were doing with Lamar Jackson when he when Joe Flacco was healthy and he was starting, and they were mixing the two, right? Like you're bringing it in because you force the defense to prepare for it. You force them to have to play a different look. And, and honestly, what it does is when you have a running quarterback, it evens up the, the box count. So if you think about the blocking scheme for the offensive line, every single person you see in the box, meaning the line of scrimmage at the linebacker level, they're now accounted for. The only person who's not is going to be that safety, probably the deepest defender. That's the only guy who's not accounted for, and, and he has to be responsible for the quarterback. Um, now, you could play all those guys up, but most teams don't want to do that. They probably won't bring them within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage because you leave yourself exposed for a potential big play uh, if you're just playing man-to-man. So <clears throat> it forces you to, you know, get, it forces teams to have to play different looks, and, and it should give you uh, good angles and the, a good ability to run the football and just out of a different look. So I, I'm not against it. I get what you're saying. It's obviously one of the reasons why you don't see the New England Patriots do it because um, they'd rather have the football in Tom Brady's hands. Uh, but as far as a gift – uh, for the New Orleans Saints, this is a tough one because I was um, I was I'm kind of looking at their team. I'm thinking like they're the most consistent yeah. of any team over the past two years. And the reason why I say that is they were one play away, like one blown coverage away from going to the NFC Championship game last year. Yeah. And if they do go, I I just think you get a different outcome versus the Eagles than what we saw from the Vikings. So. Um, to me, I just you know I look at the way they played last year, what they've done so far this year. And, and they, they've been the best team over the past couple seasons now. So if it was me, I, I think – look, they got Ted Ginn back, so I was going to say, like, another option outside of Michael Thomas, but that seems to be going well. Um, so honestly, like, you know what's big? You know what's big down there in, uh, in New Orleans? Okay, uh, Jambalaya? Well, yes, but I was thinking more like Bourbon Street. Like, think about Patty O'Brien. Hurricanes. Yeah, I would yeah. give them some hurricanes, baby. You know why? Because I think they're going to be celebrating going to the Super Bowl. How how disastrous is it for the Atlanta Falcons when the uh, Saints? Because I don't know if you saw this, but this would irritate me to no end if I was a Falcons player. But the the the, the way the NFL has already set up the security protocols for the teams on Super Bowl week, the Saint the the NFC team is going to be practicing and utilizing the Falcons' home locker rooms. Ooh. So the Saints might just be. I mean, they they just might be in the Falcon stuff all week oh. long. That's a nightmare. Cause those... Can you imagine how many guys in the Saints are going to be crop dust in that place as soon as they <laughs> yes, leave? Yes, yes. Like, yeah. They're just going to be farting on everything. <laughs> hey, but you know what somebody pointed out on Twitter? Uh, not to circle back to John Elway and the, and the black isotoners, but you know, you know who else wore black isotoners? Who? O.J. Simpson. Ooh. You know what kind of car O.J. Simpson drove? Yeah, a Bronco. Yeah, what color was it? It was white. So a white Bronco. You know what John Elway is? He is white, and he was a former Bronco, <laughs> and technically still a Bronco. <laughs> He's a white Bronco. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's legal for us to say on this podcast. What would you give the Rams for Christmas, Brady? <laughs> <laughs> that was smooth as sandpaper there, Will. Um, the L.A. Rams, uh, that's a tough one. Uh, these are, they're not easy now. I think, I think I've given them a lot of gifts. I think I this really one is, else I can give. see, I think the Rams are like the Patriots. You just get, they need that buy and they're going to, they're probably going to get it. If they, CJ Anderson can run through the 49ers and, and Jared Goff can throw it. They need the buy to get Todd Gurley healthy and to give Sean McVay some time to get in the lab. I, and cook I think I know what they need. All right. Th- this is exactly what they need. Okay. This is what wooed and Dominican sued to the LA Rams in the first place. Okay. 
during that buy, which they are going to get, they they need to go to a nice dinner as a team to Nobu there in Malibu. Have you That's been like to the have hot you, spot? Have you been there? I've never been there. Never been there. Everyone posts pictures about it. I kind of don't even want to go because now I feel like it's a place you go to be seen, and I'm definitely not that type. I'd rather go to like Dukes or something, which I think is a dive bar close to there. I love. See, I'm I'm I, I'm glad of two things. One that you're not like yeah. Will, of course I've been to Nobu. I go like once a week when I'm in LA. Uh, but two, that you're a dive bar type of guy. I'm a dive bar type of guy. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't want to be seen. I want dark, sh- like shade. And in fact, the, the best bar I've ever been to, uh, in my entire life was, um, was down in, uh, Dominica. And we went, it was like this, it was Dominica. like, yeah, that? it's just like French territory in the Caribbean. And, um, Ooh. it had like, Something uh, exotic, Will. Yeah, it was pretty exotic, but it had like, like the floor was sand and you go in there and you're drinking like dark rum and tonics and you're smoking cigars and there's just, you know, it's just pitch black dark. <laughs> but all you're smoking there, buddy. Yeah. That's probably, that's, that's none of your damn business, Brady. And I think you stay out of my personal affairs, but that's, that's the sort of bar I want. I want dark, maybe some, the talking heads playing if it's in America, you know, stuff like, I don't, I don't need, I don't need to be seen in Nobu. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that. Uh, actually, my favorite dive bar just went out of business uh, down there. But they sold the Jester's. No, it was Treasure Trove, but that's all right. Uh, they had a real cannon in there. Wow. Unfortunately, that place went out of business. So anyway, I, I guess I've just got to go to the touristy spot, Elbow Room. But again, same reason. I don't like going there for that reason. Wait, Elbow is Elbow Room cool? I don't. Yeah, it's like cash only. It's been there forever. Yeah. I, I honestly think it's been around since like the 1920s or 30s. You know, you like, don't know, but you know, multi- Pete Prisco went there in like the 70s. So he has. Oh stir- yeah, dude. Pete would tell you. He'd be like, "Yeah, multiple generations yeah. of like of, of like dads and spring breakers have like gone here. Yeah. Like you could talk to your great grandparents. They're like, oh yeah, I remember the elbow room back when I went to Fort Lauderdale in 19, you know, 41. Yeah, and it's right on the beach, right? Right. Yeah, yeah it's right. It's, it's right across from it, but yeah, well, it's, right. it's one of those spots. Nothing. Sure. There's nothing on the beach. There's no bar on the beach. It's yeah, it's across the street. Uh, what right. would you what would you give the Chicago Bears for uh, Christmas? Uh, let's see. Hmm. The Chicago Bears. They've already got a number of gifts this year. I mean, they got Cleo Mack. I'm not sure if they really <laughs> need much else. <laughs> I mean, it's like who who gives who gives away Cleo Mack like that? Oh, John John Gruden does. That's right. Um, <laughs> Oh man! Probably, you know what? I, here's what here's what I'd do. So Mitchell Trubisky, right? I'm not sure if you saw the <clears throat> the sweater that he wore before last week's game. Loved it like it. lit up. It was really ugly. Christmas that's why. Sweater, I, but it lit that's up. why it I texted. Cool. That's why I texted you before the podcast. I was like, "Are you wearing? You're wearing a lit up, light up Christmas sweater." I was no, picturing. I was picturing. You know, I was picturing you in a Notre Dame Christmas sweater, except like light up, but like like what Mitchell Trubisky was wearing, but Notre Dame. Yeah, no. So my wife did have like an ugly Christmas sweater party, and I, I pulled out one that I like. I think I used for one back like in Cleveland, but it's basically a snowman, and he's got like his normal, you know, oh, two boy. eyes of coal and like his carrot. Oh, but he also has like another, you know, a couple, <laughs> couple, a pair of coal and then a carrot somewhere else too. So it's just pretty subtle. Most people don't recognize it. Um, so that's that was my ugly Christmas sweater. It did not win. However, what? Uh, not win the contest. No. Who won? Uh, we actually so Julius Jones, uh, former running back who uh, played with the yeah. Notre Dame and Lo- also in the NFL for a number of great years. Great for the Cowboys. Love Julius. Yeah, Jones. Cowboys, Seahawks. Um, what's so, he? What's he up to these days? 
Uh, well, he was just hanging out. We were, I was hanging out with him and his family, his kids, uh, his two boys. Is he like, what is he like, what does he do? Is he like, I mean, like, oh, uh, I'm not really sure. Like, it, they actually, you know, it's funny. They were actually, you didn't on ask him? TV. Didn't ask they, him? Well, no, they, they were actually just on a reality TV show. Okay. Um, his wife was on some sort of show. I'm not really sure what it was. Uh, but we were kind of like talking about that. But you know, we were more talking about the kids and just kind of hanging out. Oh, yeah, I guess that's but, true. We all, we all played together, right? Yeah, we for one year. Yeah, he came back. So his last year there, uh, which is my true freshman year. Okay, um, he was he was a really good player. He was he was a really good player. So oh. anyway, um, his son Julius uh, Julius Jr. He actually ended up winning the uh, the deal. He came in one of those full on like suits. So not quite a sweater, but full on like you know uh, printed out suit. And we thought he should be the winner. Mm. Uh, that was at least the consensus of the group. So you, were you talking to like Julius Jones kids and you were wearing this Santa, this, this sweater with a snowman penis on it? Is that, is that <laughs> my, my daughter's not old enough to really even know. Like she just kept going frosty. I was like, yeah, he's really excited. <laughs> what was it? What would you give the Dallas? Well, so anyway, oh, yeah. I would give, I would give the Chicago Bears since right now, you know, Christmas has passed. All those things are on surplus, baby. So they're trying to get rid of them for nothing. I would give the entire team them. Because uh, Trubisky, he, he played all right. So you know, maybe it'll bring the rest of the team good luck. Club Dub. They can wear him to Club Dub. What yeah. Would you, what yeah. Would you, that would be awesome. What would you give the uh, Dallas Cowboys? Mm, whatever Zeke Elliott eats. Like whatever. You know when he does that thing where he's like, I don't know if it's soup, if it's Campbell's soup or cereal. I'm sort of over it. Whatever he keeps eating. Yeah, I'm sort of over it. Like it doesn't need to be every first down. Maybe a touchdown. I mean, every first down he's got to do the spoon thing. It's a lot. I don't know, man. I, I would I would keep trying to feed it to him because – that guy, that guy needs he he needs to be fed. When they give, I swear, <clears throat> the stat I saw was like when he gets the ball twenty two, twenty three times a game this year. I don't know that they've lost. Yeah, no, you, when he touches the ball twenty three times or more, I think the stat was they have not lost. Or maybe you, they've lost like once. If I gave so. you your choice of any running back in the NFL, would you take Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Todd Gurley, or for like one else? game, one year, like right now? I mean, Saquon obviously because of. Because he's younger. You know, he's a rookie, but... Just for one year. For one year. Ooh. That's a tough one. Probably uh, Zeke, if he could stay out of trouble. Yeah, I, th- I think Zeke's probably the most... I don't know, Saquon is pretty incredible. If you put Saquon on he's, Dallas... He's incredible, too, but I, I also think you're underrating Gurley. Like, I was more contempl- t- contemplating Gurley uh, versus, versus Zeke. And, and maybe sure. it's just because, like, I look at the impact that Saquon Barkley's had, and it hasn't translated anything for them. Like, look at Todd Gurley, who's... You know, at one point was an MVP candidate. Zeke Elliott, same thing. Like when he when he touches the ball that many times, they win games. Yeah. You know, Saquon Barkley touched the football that many times, they're still not winning. Yeah, that's a fair point. What would you give the Seattle Seahawks? Ooh. Hmm. The Seattle Seahawks. You How? know, right now they don't need much with the way they're playing. They're really. Um, they are a really good football team. I. They this are. is this is Pete Carroll's best coaching job. Yeah, for, for many reasons, right? Like the fact that at his age he was willing to say, you know what, I'm going to go back to the drawing board. Uh, actually, the past two years, because here's what he's done. He, like, what was this, three years ago now, maybe four years ago, he, he moved on from Ken Norton. Like, he, he yeah. moved on. Ken Norton went to San Francisco, or excuse me, Oakland. He ended up being Jack Dory's defensive coordinator. He instead elevated Chris Richard, this, this young budding star who's now in Dallas, and it didn't work out. And then he was basically like, you know what? I was wrong. Come back. Be my D.C. We need you, Ken. And he came back. And then you look on the offensive uh, side of the football, 
Daryl Bever, who they won a Super Bowl with, they've been to two with, they move on from him, they move on from Tom Cable, two of the staples as far as the leaders of the offense in that organization. And he says, I want to run the football more. I'm bringing in Brian Schottheimer. I want to change up our philosophy in the O-line. I'm bringing in Mike Solari. And you see the dividends that it's paid off. And they've, and then John Snyder is the way he's been able to yeah. supplement the Legion of Boom, those guys that have missing. And then the running back position. Like, I know they drafted Rashad Penny in the first round. But shoot, man. I mean, you've got Chris Carson right now who's now at 1,000 a th- a yards or close to it. I mean, they're leading the, they're leading the league in rushing. And Russell Wilson has been balling out. So. And finally, the offensive line's playing better too, by the way. They're, I think they're the first NFL team ever to have one thousand yard rusher and three three hundred yard rushers. I would give them, uh, for Christmas a healthy Doug Baldwin because I think he, the way he played the last two weeks, weeks 15 and week 16, just unbelievable, like warrior like effort to go out there with the injuries he's battled in a spot where he, he probably thought his team was already clinching the playoffs and he still went out there and fought his tail off. And I, I, if Doug Baldwin's healthy, man, I mean, Russell Wilson throws a deep ball so well. They're running the football and they, 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 they took care of business against the Chiefs. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the, if the Seahawks made it to the Super Bowl. What you know what you- I would give them? I would give them a new music video. Like, I remember Sierra and Russell had one. <laughs> I want to say before the season, it was like to that Kiki, do you love me? Are we riding? Like, he, there was that whole song, and there was like a little, she was dancing, and he was kind of dancing to it. That sparked their season. Like, I don't know where they were, where it happened. It sparked their season. It gave them a little good, uh, good mojo. I think as they start the postseason, they need another video. I like it. I like it. All right, uh, two more teams left. These are the six and seven teams right now Minnesota, eight, six, and one. Philly, eight, and seven. What would you give these two teams? Uh, for Minnesota, hmm, I would give uh, I don't know I don't I'd give Kirk Cousins something. How about I, a, how about, I, a, how about a wall? <laughs> well, not you know their offensive line hasn't played great, but it's not that he just I I need something more like gritty gutsy something out of, mm. like he comes he comes off as too pragmatic to me, mm. you know like it's like he's like he's calculated. Like I, I just need some real raw passion and emotion from him. Like and, and not, you know, make this um, time that he's spending in Minnesota about the deal. So you want to like give the, you want to give the ten man a soul, is what you're saying. Uh, I was I was thinking more like you know give him some Wheaties or, or give the lion or give something. the give yeah. the lion a courage. heart. So yeah, courage. Heart, yeah, yeah. I, yeah um, that's a, that's interesting. He doesn't. I mean, he is very enthused. Like he did that. He has the one. You like that move, and then. Uh, he yelled at a camera one other time, but otherwise he's like, "Well, we did not give our best effort today." And but that's- but isn't isn't that even in itself like you like that? Like even as much as it is emotional, it's also calculated. Like yeah. everything he does is like to, you know, look. I'm all for being purposeful, but there's also something about people being like raw and vulnerable and real. And there's just times when I'm like, I I think that's what like. That team misses, and you look at last year with Case Keenum. Mm. Like that's a guy who comes off when I listen to him talk, and I listen to him and see him as a leader. He's real, he's genuine. Yeah, he's real, right? Yeah. Like he's gutsy. He's going to figure out a way of making the most and maximizing what he has. And look, it hasn't been good enough for the Broncos this year, but last year it was pretty darn good for the Minnesota Vikings. So uh, I think they miss that. Like as much as they, you know, they get this very more talented quarterback in Kirk Cousins, they miss that genuine gutsy. You know, so. Whatever it is, you, you need uh, to, to bring that out of Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins very Russell Wilson-like. All right, what would you give the uh, Philadelphia Eagles? 
Nick Foles, a passionate young man. <laughs> Saint Nick. Yeah, yes, Saint Nick. I won't, I won't go there with some of the other nicknames. Would you would you give him would you give the, the Eagles three first round picks for Carson Wentz? Um No, you wouldn't trade. No. Wouldn't trade. I I think you're mortgaging your future too much. And honestly, it's not that I'm not sold on Carson Wentz. I think he's a good talent. Um, I just I need to see him more. I really do because I I feel like last year was a huge step in like okay this is the guy like we're investing in for the long term, and then when he came back this year it wasn't quite healthy and it was like he was holding on to the football at times. It didn't seem like he was seeing the field well, and then he started to hit his groove, and then he gets hurt again. So and, and I just I wonder if that's going to be the story of his career. Um, if he's going to be one of those guys who can put up some good stats, and just can't can't seem to stay healthy enough, can't seem to be there when his team needs him the most to be there, but. Um. Yeah. I mean, look. If 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 it was, I think for the long term, the, for the team, considering like Nick Foles, is he have an option where he's going to be a free agent next year? Is that he, what it is? No, I think his contract expires. Expires by virtue. They voided of, out the rest or whatever. Yeah, voided out. So he's going to be a free agent. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, like, look. If I could, I'd you know figure out a way of getting Carson Wentz back in there because you know they've got to be able to evaluate him. Like, yeah. like they've got to be able to figure out what they have in him. Um, and, and to figure out if, if they want to give him this huge mega deal that he's probably that next quarterback in line for, right? Like yeah. he's probably the next one to make that huge average annual salary close to $30 million, uh, based on how he looked last year and then at times in his rookie and then this past year. So uh, it, it'll be interesting, but I, I think a healthy Carson Wentz, you know, so maybe I give him some sort of like potion or, or tonic or Osterine <laughs> if that helps with something. I'm not really sure. You'd have to... Ask some of the people who've got that in the system. Check. All right. Well, that, uh, there we go. That, that a way to do it. Um, I would give them, uh, I would give them a, uh, a Matt Nagy conscience because that means Nagy will sit his starters knowing that, no, 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 you wanted to play his starters. If Matt Nagy plays his starters and beats the Vikings, the Eagles will probably get in the playoffs. If Matt Nagy sits his starters as Andy Reid, uh, it, it would be want to do and as which, Matt, which by the way, you see your starters if you're Matt Nagy. A hundred percent. You're, you're, you know that the Rams are beating the Cardinals or the Rams are beating the, um, the 49ers. You don't send Akeem Hicks and Mitchell Trubisky out there to get hurt. You sit them against the Vikings and you, and then you play the Vikings in a week. Yeah. It's too big of a risk to play your starters and then all of a sudden a guy gets hurt. You don't have him and, and then things end up working out, not working out your way. And by the way, I, I, I may, I'll make this case for the Seahawks if they, you know, rest their stars, which they probably will. The Bears, if they do that, um, whoever else will be in this in, in consideration for this happening. Maybe the Chargers, right? Yeah. Um, if they do do that, like here's the deal: you might still end up with a winning outcome. Like it's not like the backups are in there, like, oh, geez, now I got to go play. I Man, I, I, I don't want to win this game. Like you might actually end up winning the game with playing some of those backups, uh, especially considering you know some of the opponents that these teams are playing. So. Hey. Chase, uh, Chase Daniels is going to get that $17 million backup deal next year. Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't think he's gutting for that? Yeah. Making at least 10 or 15 mil. So, I mean, look, there's that um, where, you, where you actually might get both outcomes you want, resting your starters and you're getting the seed, seed that you want. All right. Uh, this po- oh, my God. This podcast ran really long. I lost track of time. We gave out a bunch of presents. It was awesome. Brady Quinn spent an hour with me on the phone on Christmas Eve. Go uh, go, go! put together some uh, toys. You got to go drink some bourbon. And put I, I will. My wife and my in-laws are actually doing that right now. My, so I need my, to go back down. Yeah, so, so my wife and my in-laws are doing the same thing. We're both in, uh, in, in deep duty. Let's go put together some toys. Merry Christmas, <laughs> Brady. Uh, Merry Christmas. I hope everyone enjoyed their Christmas, and uh, happy holidays to hey. all. Will, you know what I'm giving you, by the way, for Christmas? Yeah, what are you giving me? 
I'm, I'm going to give you that DVD of uh, Girth Brooks, um, <laughs> his, his performance. You know what I'm giving I'm you? That Girth Brooks DVD. I'm giving you some salmon shorts and some spares. Thank you, thank you. That's just hope that's not the same care package that you're sending to Andrew Luck. <laughs> All right, buddy. It's always All fun. Right.